0: All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number seven of Go With The Flow. This is a very, very special episode because for the first time yet, I have two guests at the same time, which is kind of cool for me to try to see how these these dynamics are going to work. But Charlie and Maddie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Flo. Great to be
0: here.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: And again, thank you for recording with me on a Tuesday night of Midterms Week. I This is not the Not the most ideal time for anybody, but I'm glad that you guys can make the time.
1: Any excuse not to study, bro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I said, um, first time that I'm having two guests on at the same time, and there's a very special reason for that. But before we get to that, if you could both just introduce yourselves, so tell us where you're from, your major, perspective prospective major, things you do on campus, and just any other thing you would want the listeners to know.
2: I'm Natty Plank. I'm from Westchester, New York. I'm choosing between neuroscience and EEB and I'm currently a sophomore or a super sophomore. Super
0: sophomore, because he took a gap. And mm-hmm. we'll we'll circle back to the neuroscience in a second.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I'm Charlie Bagan. Uh, I'm a super senior in the Orphe department, operations research and financial engineering. And also on the on the basketball team, Maddie's on the women's team, and that is how we originally know each other.
0: Yes. Okay. And Real quick, for the way that I know you both, Charlie, we both met in Kenya, like very randomly. Because now, well, when this comes out, there will be, there, there will have been an episode in between. But two episode, two episodes ago, talked to Brad all about that trip. You were also mm-hmm. there, so really fun time. Maddie, I don't even know how we met. Do you know how we met?
2: I think just like through the basketball world. Like you're friends with some of my teammates. Yes, so.
0: I will say women's basketball team is single handedly my favorite team on this campus. Every single one of you are Love great. It. So And th-
2: Dylan Jim.
0: And Dylan Jim, fellow coworker. Shout out Jess. Jess, Jess listens every week. She's the best. But yes, yeah, so that's how we met. But you said that you are prospective neuroscience, prospective EEB. Where are you leaning? As a current neuroscience major, I will be here to impart any wisdom. But what do you, what are you thinking right now?
2: So I've been told nothing but great things about EEB and nothing but like average things about <laughs> neuroscience. So <laughs> I think EEB with a certificate in neuro is what I'm leaning towards at the moment.
0: What are the average things you've been told? And you could be honest. It's OK.
2: Maybe like a little cutthroat because of like pre-med folks. Um, are you pre-med? No. Okay. No, I'm just chilling. Okay, Um, so I will
0: say real quick, I am not pre-med either, so I feel zero competitiveness or competition with anybody else. So that should be moved from the okay to the okay, this is good now.
2: (laughs) I've also heard that it's just, like, not as supportive of a department. I've just heard unbelievable things like EEB, you get to travel everywhere, and everyone loves one another, and the professors are awesome. So maybe it's just the fact that I haven't heard much about neuro.
0: Okay, fair enough. And honestly, I want (laughs) to... this is bad i should be here speaking to how great neuro is but it sounds like you're already sold on eb i'm
2: not sold i'm not sold okay
0: well f- for me i chose Neurosci. i've never actually gotten into this but i was so i started cbe pre-med mm-hmm. drop pre-med i'm very vocal about how much i don't like pre-med on this podcast <laughs> but for me um you know born in a nigerian family moved here when i was nine years old so this is something that a lot of people don't really understand but when you grow up in like an african Household specifically, they really want a STEM degree out of you. It's just a thing. We don't have to talk about it. So for me, it was about trying to find the best compromise between what my parents would accept and what I would want. And so that was neuroscience. So I feel like I'm not necessarily the best advocate for neuroscience, but I will say it's it's been cool so far. And I yeah, I'm not really doing a good job. But so yeah,
2: (laughs) good to know. We can we can talk more after. Yeah,
0: we'll talk more after. So the reason that I decided to have you both on here at the same time is because. You both took gap years, which I'll ask you about in a second, but you decided to bike across the entire country, which is one of the coolest things that I've seen done. Um, But again, like I said, we'll get back to that in a second. But first, could each of you just explain your decision to take a gap year?
1: Yeah. um, So for me, it came down to probably three things. One, wanting to play my senior year of basketball here and um, wouldn't be able to do that if I graduated. Uh, Two, thought there were a lot of cool opportunities out there on a gap year. And I didn't know what at first, uh, but I thought, all right, there's stuff out there that I could do. And then three, just didn't want to do Zoom school. um, So that pretty much sold me right there.
2: Yeah, I was pretty similar. I was hurt my freshman year for basketball. So I knew that I really wanted to make the most out of the following years that I had. So it was pretty easy from there. But then also in the spring doing Zoom classes, I definitely struggled like mentally and didn't want to study at all. So I was so concerned that another year like that would only lead like to a further despise of like school and everything like that. So.
0: And so when did this decision come about to bike across the entire country?
1: This is yeah, great question. So I think it was probably August 2020 and I called Maddie out of nowhere. We didn't we weren't we, we never talked to each other. We just knew each other through basketball. And I really liked her internship that she did last summer, and so which I- was I was
2: interning for Oregon Sports Angels, um which is like an angel investment group like based in Portland. Um, a basketball alum is one of like the leaders of it, and she's, the greatest human on earth. Kate Delhagen. if you're listening. Shout out, well, send it to her and she yeah. will listen. Yeah, Shout she's out a to you, stud. Kate. Like the best.
1: <laughs> um, the best. Huge supporter of Prince of Basketball and us. And so I wanted to talk to Maddie about how it was. And so I called her and we talked for a little bit about that. And then we were both like, well, we're probably taking gap years. So what are we going to do? And I said, well, a mentor of mine suggested I bike across the country. Or he said, that's what he would do. He said, that's what he would do. And I said, That sounds awesome. I don't know anything about it, but I kind of want to do it. And I said to Maddie, does that sound crazy? And then she responds.
2: I was just like, that's what I've wanted to do my entire life like it, it was literally on my bucket list before that conversation and i just needed someone to, she, to hop on board
1: she sent me a screenshot from like 2018 notes on the iphone four four things on her bucket list at that point and one of them was bike across the country so she's been wanting to do this way longer than
0: i have what are the odds that is the coolest thing that i've ever heard because you could have hit anybody up anybody you could have hit anybody the one person you hit up was like i've actually wanted to do this the whole time the first person i told about this idea was maddie who i didn't even know
2: we weren't friends. I don't, <laughs> I'm just saying it straight up.
0: <laughs> okay, so then getting into, okay, so how long did it go from that first initial phone call to actually deciding, looks like we're going to back across country? What was that process like?
2: I think I was so pumped. I was like, this is happening. Like, I was I was not about to let him back out. Um, so I don't know, you can touch more on, like, when we started organizing everything, but I think we were both on board from the start.
1: Yeah. I was on board in theory, but I didn't actually <laughs> think it was gonna happen. And we've talked about this and I was like, I I didn't know, even know if it was if this was a joke until like the day we were driving out to the ocean to start. But we started planning a route probably in October of twenty twenty. And I was super neurotic about it. I was, like, going through every little road. I was like, we're, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And then Maddie was on top of a lot of the gear coming into the beginning of 2021. And it kind of all came into place. And if you want us to go into more detail there. But for real, I was I was kind of thinking this might be a joke all, like, all the way up until we actually started.
2: I'm surprised he says that because he was crazy. We had an Excel spreadsheet. This man <laughs> found a campsite in every single town. He went across the United States like 60 miles, like, every day because that was, yeah. like, the original plan and just, like, found a site and would put it in and, like, I was just flabbergasted <laughs> that this kid was, like, not thinking that it would happen put in so much time.
0: And this podcast is for going into detail, so yes, you can go into whatever details you want about figuring out the actual logistics. Did you... Google what is the best route to bike across America. Like, how did you exactly get into finding out the exact route that you want to do? Because funny enough, one thing that I want to do, which has also been on my bucket list for a while, definitely not biking, Mm -hmm. but it's a cross-country drive across the country. That's one of the first things. One of the biggest, like, initial humps is, like, how do I even decide what route I'm going to take? Like, figuring out the logistics is probably the hardest part. So I am actually intrigued about how you figured out all that yeah
1: for sure i think driving across the country would be sick as well just for all the sites you're going to see but so there's there are actually weirdly enough a decent amount of people who bike across the country I, I had never heard of it but a lot of people do it and so there are kind of some common routes there's the northern tier which goes up the, like way in the north of the country and there's the southern tier which is basically hugging the southern coast and then there's like route 66 which is kind of like a chicago to california whatever there are a lot of kind of cross-country routes, and then there are smaller, maybe like three to five-day routes that you can find. And so we kind of knew approximately where we wanted to go: Jersey Shore, pass through Princeton, say hi to our friends, and then go through Pittsburgh, Chicago, the uh, the Black Hills in South Dakota, and then eventually Yellowstone and out to Seattle. Those that was kind of the broad outline. And so I spent weeks like looking at each individual road in between. And kind of saying like, does this look like a road I would ride on? <laughs> and and now Google
0: Maps just looking at everything 3D version. Like, what is does this, this look safe? I swear we got
1: out we got out to like Ohio, and I was like, I recognize this. I've seen this on Google Street View before. Um, and I, and I will say that it ended up being completely useless. Almost all that stuff I did because what we realized was something really cool about a bike trip, a bike tour you, is you can do anything you want any day. You know, if you're feeling good, you go 100 miles. If you're not feeling good, you go 30. Um, I forgot about elevation. I forgot to take into a thing, a lot of things into account. So all of my excessive planning helped in some ways, but we ended up kind of scrapping the route and going day by day, throw it in Google maps on our phone and just let Google maps
0: take us. Also, you guys decided to make it a fundraising effort. Two questions. How, why did you decide you wanted to incorporate that? Um, and how did you decide on the foundation that you eventually decided to fundraise for?
2: So I think just knowing how, like, incredible our trip would be, we figured we'd have some sort of voice and be able to reach a bunch of people. Um, And I think both just chatting about what we think, like, the best charity would be. Well, we also wanted to get money for ourselves at some point, too. (laughs) That was before we thought, like, the... NLI rules would change. We were like, oh, can we yeah. get, like, Cliff Bar to sponsor us or something like that? Yeah, just
1: that. the NCAA knows. We never did accept money no, for sponsorships or anything on the trip. We didn't, but we were hoping. Yeah,
2: that was our, our first thing. But then we were like, all right, we can't do that. So let's, like, find something else to help. Um, and, yeah, we ended up choosing the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And that was a pretty easy choice for us. I don't think it really took a lot of research for us to decide we wanted to, like, support mental health. Um And I think we had just seen some of our fellow students struggling over like the past year and knew that if we could help in any way, it would probably be through that.
0: Gotcha. And so even so I knew the answers to that question before I asked, but I just wanted you guys to talk about it. Um, And I do think mental health is definitely something that as college students and just as human beings in general, we all go through stuff every single day. You never know what someone else is going through. So just I just wanted to speak about this a little bit more. Um, what exactly do you think is the importance of raising awareness about something like mental health, which I think is probably still stigmatized to this day? But there's been a lot of work done about it. But why? Do, just speak a little bit more as to why you think it's it, it was important for to fundraise for this specific foundation.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think and like I've done a little bit of reading, certainly not an official source, but the way I think about it is like everyone's proud to go to the gym seven days a week and work out. And that's something you can brag about. And people are, you know, like, oh, I haven't, I haven't worked out. But when you talk about a mental workout or mental health as opposed to physical health, it's like embarrassing to go to the therapist or it's embarrassing to have to take time for yourself. Uh, and I just feel like that's kind of uh, that's weird to me that mental health and physical health are treated just very differently in, in common discourse. Um, so I thought you know, or we both thought, and everyone talks about mental health, but if you just talk about it more, maybe all of a sudden it it could become cool. I could foresee a world where it's, like, cool to be spending time with a therapist once a week, and it's, like, those people are kind of looked up to because they've got stuff in order, and and they're working through whatever they need to work through.
0: And I'm glad that you bring that up because one of the the first people that I think of when it comes to, like, because, first of all, let me backtrack and say the fact that you're both athletes speaking on this, I think that makes it that much more powerful. Um, because even just in society on campus wherever people might look up to athletes and something that they do might be seen as a little more acceptable but the first person that comes to mind and the reason i say that is someone like kevin love who's nba basketball player and who has started being a lot more vocal about his struggles with mental health and having panic attacks and the amount of work that he's been able to do around the topic because he was very open about it i just think it's very important for people to speak on it as openly as possible and i think He had this, I think it was a Players' Tribune article where he wrote about how there was like a little boy who wrote to him where it's like, oh, because you spoke out about this, I don't, um, I'm more able to speak out on it and I don't think it's that weird of a thing to speak about and it's something that we all go through, so just thank you for that. So I think it's, I also appreciated the fact that you spoke about some, or you decided to pick the certain foundation where it would, again, destigmatize it and just let people know that um just sheds a little more light on mental health awareness i think was important to to do absolutely um but okay so uh and i think you might have answered this question already but now this is me actually like being curious about the day-to-day of this trip the you said you planned initially to go how many miles per day
1: 60 ish
0: 60 ish and would you say you were able to keep to that or more like on average how far would you say you went each day
1: yeah, uh, 62.6 on average. I was, just, I was looking at my Excel sheet yesterday. Uh,
0: you, like, tracked it every.
1: every... Every day we'd enter, so I had a little She'd GPS. Entered. not me. <laughs> She's like, not I did we. Nothing, no. hey. I'm the Orphe guy, I have to do this. So I'm the stats guy. Uh, so I had a little bike computer that you'd stick on the bike at the start of the day. It would track the mileage, the elevation gain, uh, all that good stuff. So I'd put it in. So yeah, 62 miles uh, every day that we rode. And we rode 68 days, and then we took 12 days off. So, overall.
0: It- and actually, beforehand, did either of you have any sort of experience long-distance biking?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
0: and so, what How? What was that adjustment like? Because I, I bet you don't do that much bike training for basketball, do you? Or do you?
2: Not, not
1: really. But Maddie, I mean, you biked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I
2: always said that, like, I think I fell in love with biking, but also began to hate it. Just recovering from knee injuries and stuff like that. It was always the first thing you could do. Um, So I think, especially over COVID, I was recovering from a knee injury. So I just went on bike rides all the time. But, like, 20-mile bike rides with no weight on a flat surface. Like, those were the extent of my bike rides.
1: Yeah. When we were were training, I put training in quotes, we were going for – 20 to 30-mile rides on 65-degree days in beautiful weather, flat ground. And we were like, wow, this, this bike touring is going to be really easy. We're flying. <laughs> and then we got out there and we realized that's not how it goes.
0: And what were, what were you carrying exactly? How much did you carry with you? And how much were you just picking up as you went? Or like getting at campsites with, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So my bike weighed 85 pounds.
0: The bike weighed 85
2: pounds? Because we had bags on the bike. Oh, so okay, like, no, we, I'm here. So okay, okay. The bike itself probably... <laughs>
0: you said the bike. I was 15. like, that's a heavy bike. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: so I had four bags on my bike. Um, one bag was food, one was clothes. Like, I don't even know. Random stuff. I get, But it was all useful. I guess mm-hmm. we weren't really carrying anything. like
1: uh, Tent and sleeping bag right. each. A uh, little cook set just in case. We used it like twice Maybe.
2: And then like extra tubes, um, just and like stuff to repair the bike if it broke down, which happened to me quite frequently. But
1: a lot of food, a lot of food was Mm -hmm. in our bag.
0: What would happen when the bike broke down? And why? Well, it
2: was just flats. Okay. I ended up with seven flats. He ended up with zero. Zero. Okay. So there was was a little bit of a. (laughs) I was a little angry about that, but it's okay. (laughs)
1: It was not due to my riding technique or anything. I just happened to have really good tires accidentally, and the tire saved the day.
0: Honestly, this it sounds like this trip sounds a lot well, a little bit like OA between the care and everything that you need for each day, uh, food. camping materials although obviously in la you don't go across the country but might be a cool oa trip to incorporate just a shorter version definitely not one that's 68 days long but i feel like a biking trip could be a fun thing to incorporate as long as they find a way to keep it safe because i feel like that's always one of the biggest concerns
1: i think they might do like one a year yeah they have yeah they 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 have a bike
2: trip away oh the
0: more you
1: know they actually they rode part of the route that we ride uh it's a it's a little trail between dc and pittsburgh it's like really nice a lot of people ride that so i think they ride a little section of that
0: gotcha and so you mentioned the route that you planned to take initially how much did that differ from the route that you actually ended up going
1: I think the big spots, we hit all of them, right? Yeah. Uh, It was just kind of the in-between stuff that was very different. So we hit everything we wanted to hit in terms of Pittsburgh, Chicago, Black Hills, Yellowstone. Saw all that good stuff. It was just like the random roads in between we kind of figured out along the way. So what was really great was we we stayed with some people uh, that we met through this app called Warm Showers, which is like a community for cyclists. Um, it's like super cool. You pay like 30 bucks to get on there and then everything's free and you can just message them the day before and say, Hey, I'm passing through your town tomorrow. Can I stay there? And most of the time they like, yeah, come on over. And they feed you and you hang out, you get to know them and they know the areas really well. So we would ask them like, Hey, what's the best way to get from here to there? And they would know. And that's, Whoa. that's how, we, that's a lot of, a lot of our routing ended up being people suggesting ways to get to the next spot.
0: And so it would be ride right throughout the day and then towards the How far in advance do you hit up these people asking to stay with them?
1: It could have been anywhere from like one to five days. Sometimes day of.
2: Yeah, huh? morning of sometimes. Mm-hmm. We got lucky. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it was ride throughout the day, camp somewhere at night, and then keep it going? Or
2: So the trip was 68 days. We only camped eight nights. So we really were fortunate with these like warm showers, couch surfing apps. And we probably use that a majority of the time. And if we were desperate, a motel. Um, and then we also had friends along the way too. So especially towards the East Coast, because we're both from like around here, we, we knew a lot more people than when we were in like middle of Nebraska.
0: And when you were, when you were setting out, did you tell yourselves that, oh, this amount, like we want to camp out most of it, or were you just like, let's just like get across the country however we can?
2: It wasn't even like wanting to camp. I think we just thought that the middle of the country or the west, like western United States, we thought it was nothing. The like,
0: Midwest. <laughs>
2: just like no, like Montana. Anywhere like I west thought of anywhere.
1: The yeah, Iowa.
0: Oh no, I still th- I still think there's nothing over there. But I guess yeah, y'all so could tell me otherwise. I was
2: so scared. I was like, we're gonna go days without seeing people. We're not we're gonna run out of food. Uh-huh. We're gonna have to camp like on the side. I literally imagined we'd have to climb a mountain for, like, three days and just camp on the side of the mountain. I really thought that was going to happen, and it was nowhere, like, not even close. We we always ran into people. We always had enough food. Um, and if we were in a tiny town, like, a tiny town existed, and to the population of 100, they were willing to help us. Um, it's so funny you know. to
0: hear that, because what you just described is exactly my thoughts about like the midwest i'm like there's no way there's anybody out there um so that honestly is why i wouldn't bike through there. was like yeah who am i gonna run into it'll it'll be days before anything else happens but good to know there's civilization out there There and if there's anyone listening from the midwest i'm sorry to disrespect (laughs) your story
1: they're they're very small civilizations you know they're towns of literally 20 40 100 like they're these, these are really small towns but they have food and water and that was enough for us
0: and also focusing on the few times that you did camp out was it just, like... I not know, because for OA, we would go, and there would be, like, reserved campgrounds. Y'all are giggling. <laughs> I out not <know>, Was it, <laughs> was it um, like, reserved campgrounds, or you just, like, pulled up somewhere, like, I fuck like it, we're tired, we're just going to sleep now?
1: I'll say this. You would hope it would be that easy. What You know, so, like, one time, yeah, the first time, we were right on a trail. It was right to the to the, to the side of the trail. You just pull off and sleep, and it was that easy. There was another time... We, you know, so we were told like, oh, you're sleeping at this campground up ahead. And we're like, yeah, that's the plan. And they said, watch out. There's going to be a big climb, big hill before you get there. And we're like, all right, we, we know about these hills. We had just gone through like the Appalachians in the east and we, we, we thought we knew hills. So we get there and we start climbing. I put it in Google Maps. We start climbing this massive hill and the sun is setting. It's like 730. It's getting cold. And this hill has, has, there's no end in sight. And we start pushing
2: our bikes. This was very early in the hill. We were like, this is really steep. And these like old people were the ones telling it. They were like, oh, like you're gonna have a climb, but it's manageable. So we were like,
1: these these, 80 year olds are like,
2: they're stronger than they us? They did like, this?
1: And then we're, we're, we're biking up. We're pushing it up. And there are, like, these teenage girls driving past us laughing at us. <laughs> and we're like, uh-oh. Finally, we're, we're not even, like, halfway up. And we're like, we're in trouble here. What do we do? And some very nice guy pulls up next to us in his pickup truck. He's like, all right, h- throw him in. So we throw our bikes in. He drives us. It had to be, like, five miles to the campsite. I don't know what we were thinking. And we get there, and we pay And we, like, get ready for bed, and it ended up being, like, a 36-degree night. I was miserable. Maddie did a good job of keeping my spirits up. And after that, I think I was, like, we cannot camp. Like, I'm not cut out for this. (laughs) What we later
2: learned was, like, we had to stay on the trail for, like, half a mile longer to Mm -hmm. actually find the manageable hill to get to this campsite. Like, we were just idiots and, like, hopped off early and went to the road. So we made it, like a way longer experience than it had to be. That's
0: just funny, because from what it sounds like, like the girls like driving by you and laughing at you, they knew that maybe you're doing something wrong, but they're just like, let's just laugh at their expense yeah. and not try to help them. Yeah. But then the good Samaritan was like, okay, guys, here, get your stuff in my car. That's right. <laughs> um. So now I actually am very curious about this Warm Showers app that you mentioned. Um. So could you just speak a little bit to maybe some of the people you were able to encounter? Were there like any particularly not friend because that match everyone letting you stay where they are friendly but just did you make any particularly strong connections with anybody across the way along the way
2: so i think we could both agree our favorite stop our favorite warm showers host um were the welches of Shadron, nebraska shout out the welches um, yes shout out the welches and we didn't really know what it would be like they're just like an older couple and we show up and They were just the kindest people that we'd ever met. And they've bike toured around the world and were just telling us all of these incredible stories about how they met on a bike trip and how they went on their honeymoon on a bike trip and ended up getting pregnant and then brought their...
0: (laughs) On the bike trip. (laughs) Yep.
2: And then had their like child and then ended up going on another bike trip in which they... With their
1: two-year-old child.
2: Yeah. And I think they taught us just like how incredible these experiences are and I think one of the best lessons that we learned on the trip is that people are good because um, I know like as a woman, my mom was really hesitant for me to do something like this and just hearing them say that like you could trust these random people who are willing to house you and I think that was just like an unbelievable thing to hear from these really experienced bike tourers.
1: Yeah, they're really humble, really kind. Um, I think what was really cool about Warm Showers is we met people who were probably like in their mid to late 20s all the way up to like their 60s, right? And then people who had more money and didn't and people who were on either side of the political spectrum. Like we met we met an older couple that had homeschooled their kids on, on a homestead in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and had different political views than us. But we had like a really great, like nice conversation. And the whole time that we were eating the homemade lasagna that they made for us and then... They you know put us up and we played ping pong in their mm-hmm. their room their room rec room upstairs where their kids used to play and so like just meeting such a wide variety of people was also really neat
0: and that's the thing which again like I said we talked about oh you both listened to the bread episode like we talked about there the power and being able to just talk to people who you might have assumptions about and just seeing that again we're all going through the same human experiences and while we might have some differences we again, are much more similar than we are different. I feel like you guys were probably able to get a true grasp of that back and across the country.
1: Yeah, and I was in Kenya, as Flo mentioned, and that was one of my favorite parts of Kenya. Um, And I think a lot of those same themes that Brad was talking about, how, like, I I loved what Brad said. One of his professors told him, like, everyone's just kind of living their life. Like, I think that's very true to some extent. Um, And, uh, Maddie? what did you text me? What was the quote you texted me? Yesterday, do you remember?
0: Um, Put her on the spot. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, shoot. because <laughs> I, I don't remember it. No, well, what was literally it?
2: literally today. This morning, I texted him.
0: You can pull out your phone and read it.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, pull it out. Yeah. It. <laughs>
0: it. Because
1: I, I think, oh, oh. you know what it was? Brad said something about like it's great to travel abroad because uh, it kind of opens your eyes to like different living experiences. Something to that effect. Hope I'm not twisting your I words, Brad. I think it Brad. was
2: um, how he said like some people say, oh, you need to go abroad in order to learn about the, the world go. and I was like that's not true we did it and we we learned so much about the world through these tiny towns and like through these random people that we met along the way and I think it made me not like just feel like so happy that we chose a really humble way to travel and we were like so like self-reliant and I don't know I think and you
1: know fun. what you know what exemplifies that Merriman Nebraska Maddie loves this story I think you I should love tell it Maddie so much
2: <laughs> Um, so we had just biked, like, I think Merriman was the, one of the only towns we had gone through that day. Maybe we hit like one other town. It was a 65 mile ride. Yep. Northern
1: Nebraska. No towns up there.
2: Yeah. No towns up there, but every 65 miles or so you'll find one. Um, so we show up and we're biking into town and all of a sudden we see a big sign for the Merriman dance hall. And I'm like this is sick. Like, are we going to go have a (laughs) dance party? Like what is happening? Old
1: timey dance hall. Like it's like an old barn, surrounded
2: by surrounded by cowboys, like people in cowboy hats and cowboy boots. And I was like, this is a movie. I'm, I'm (laughs) having a blast. Like, this is amazing. And right across from the, the dance hall was the town park. And in Nebraska, it's legal to, to camp there. So we like set up our, our tents and started cooking our beans and rice over our stove. And, All of a sudden this guy, Taylor Katie. Taylor Katie Mm -hmm. walks out and he's like, Hey, like, I'm having my graduation party in here. Like, you guys wanna come in? And we're like, Oh my gosh, of course. (laughs) So it turns out he's the only kid from Merriman graduating high school.
0: A graduating class of one?
2: But it's like one so all because these towns are so small, it's like four of these tiny towns have to come together to form a school and the, it's like 10 kids in a grade and ridiculously small
1: they each they each have like a banner on Main Street celebrating them because there's so few of them it's crazy
2: so we go into like this graduation party and we're sitting there and we're just talking to like these ranchers of Nebraska and we're learning about their lives and how they're literally like fending for their lives like their their jobs pay absolutely nothing some of them are working day to day um and it was just so eye-opening and once again, like completely different political views than what we had. They like didn't believe COVID existed really. Like one of them, like their best friend died of COVID, but he was like, Oh, like I've worn a mask for 30 minutes this entire pandemic. And I was just like flabbergasted. Like I, I've already used that word, but like I, my jaw dropped. Like um,
1: 65 year olds with like no savings in the bank. Th- I mean, they're out there working the farms every day. So that was, that was like Maddie said, super eye opening.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know, like, the night we on and, like, it was just so amazing to meet these people. We tried, what was it, something I putting like, eating the grossest foods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to, to shit on that. <laughs> but okay. then, They're not
0: going to listen. Yeah. Or, you know, hopefully... Maybe, maybe they oh, will. Maybe they will. Hopefully the podcast gets big enough one day that these people... You said Merriman, Nebraska. Merriman, Nebraska. And Merriman, Nebraska. And what was yeah. the name of the single graduating guy? Taylor Katie. Taylor Katie. Maybe he'll be listening. Yeah. Who knows? So
2: then, like... I don't know. We were about to leave, go to sleep, and like the parting words that I'll always remember it's like, eat beef. That's what they, because all they did was like herd cattle for their for their livelihood. And like, there are no vegetarians in no the vegetar- no <laughs> no, one. No.
0: Wait, how was the graduation party? Was it lit?
2: Um, there wasn't a lot of dancing in the dance hall.
0: Oh, that's a little disappointing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think another funny thing that I, I put in my blog post was that. Taylor was wearing a hat that said, my guns are not your problem. And I think that's like only something that you'd find in small town Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how memorable. Maybe I should have like bought his hat off of him or something like that. Just for the memories, but oh, Actually, yeah. on
0: that topic, did you guys try to collect any sort of like souvenirs along the way or anything or try to try like remember each little spot? Maddie had, you had stickers for your bike. Yeah,
2: oh, no. I tried to do it for every state, but ended up, like only getting them in like touristy
1: areas. We got some postcards. I think that's something we could have done better. Like next time I go on a bike tour, hopefully
0: one you day. You plan on do? It? You want to do it again?
1: Of oh, yeah. some sort. We've talked hmm. about a lot of different ideas. We've heard Europe is great for bike touring. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of places out there where you could go on smaller bike tours. It doesn't have to be across the country. Um, but yeah, like something something like that. Or like collecting something or or like. Um, you know, having, like, a theme running through it would, would be cool uh, in some other capacity. Cool.
0: Yeah, and the reason that I mention that is I there's something that I've started, that I'm going to start doing, I told myself I'm going to start doing it, is, well, wait, I don't want to say, every time I catch myself about to say post-COVID, I'm like, yeah, we are we are still in COVID, but post the world, open. let me say post-vaccines, Okay. now that I'm traveling a little bit more, my thing that I want to do everywhere I go is, like, get a shot glass of the place that I go. Mm-hmm. So I went to the DR, um, like, right after school's met, la- right after last year, got a shot glass, going to Nashville next week, we'll be in a shot glass. I just, it, I think it's cool to, like, have something you collect to just one day, just, like, look up and have the, like, collection of all the different places that I travel. So that's why I just thought of that, like, oh, is there's any sort of way you, like, comm- commemorated each of the spots. But I, I, I like think, the sticker yeah, idea. Yeah, I
2: think we were a bit hesitant to, like, just buy things because we were carrying everything That is true. So that's a good point. yeah time <laughs> that I was like, oh this is cool then I was like, do I have room? Like will this weigh me down? But and the then stickers we also, will not weigh you down. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I think like we we took a basketball shot in every state and ended up like just recording it and posting it. And I think that was like just a great way to commemorate like every place that we we traveled to.
0: Gotcha. And that was a question that I was going to ask, but was there Was that the only way you incorporated basketball? Was there some other way you were able to try to keep yourselves going? Because you are both varsity athletes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was Maddie's idea to bring the basketball. I was planning to take two months off. um, But Maddie (laughs) shows shows up first day with her basketball, and she really goes nowhere without a basketball. She is the biggest baller out there um and so yeah we, we played basketball we took these shots we also like got to visit the the hoosiers gym in indiana i like, saw
0: that on the instagram that, that was cool. really
1: cool uh we would on days off we'd go maddie, maddie would drag me to like a local court and we'd like <laughs>
0: shoot around for 30
1: minutes sometimes we'd be like in our bike cleats which are like oh like <laughs> you can't even move in them and we'd be out there with our bike shorts and looking super dorky like shooting around uh, so it was like a great break from the biking
0: Gotcha, um, and so this is kind of like trying to connect all these different pieces together, but what would, what, for, and this is a question for each of you, if you haven't already said, which would you say was your favorite location, either city or state, along the journey, and why?
2: Hmm, I'd say there were there were a few favorites. Name I made, I made them all, this is so a podcast. So like to... I was rereading the blog, and... The Needles Highway in South Dakota was still, like, yep. the most breathtaking moment. Um, it's a... it's in the Black Hills, um, and it was on the day that we were heading to Mount Rushmore. And it's just this really long, like, super curvy um, highway that it's, like, ra- rated for motorcyclists. Like, it's, like, one of the most dangerous motorcycling routes that, like, you can take. And we, we biked down it. And I just, I, like, teared up for the first time. At like in the entire trip because I was just like this is so beautiful and we've come so far I think we had just reached 2,000 miles like for the whole trip and it was just this beautiful day and I think we were both really excited to be officially like reaching the west um and just knowing that there was so much beauty to come so I got really emotional <laughs>
1: And, and I, don't, I don't know if you said this, but it's, like, straight downhill the whole time. Like, you're going 30, you're not pedaling. And so that's just a blast. Like, that is the most fun thing you can do on a bike. And so Needles Highway was great for that. Spearfish Canyon, also in the Black Hills, was literally 20 miles downhill. We did not pedal for 20 miles. And it was just, like, it's the best feeling when you're just flying down into this huge canyon. You're not pedaling. You're just enjoying the breeze on a beautiful day. So Black Hills were a favorite of ours. Um, I really liked Washington, like almost a out, but like the last day was one of the most beautiful rides uh, just on the border of Olympic National Park in the, on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. And it's just like, like there's the only rainforest I believe in the United States is like just south of there, but it was very rainforesty, very green. We passed, we like biked around this incredible lake that ha- it was like the bluest water, Lake Crescent. And, I mean, not only was it the last day, so our spirits are like, super high, but it was, I think it might have been the most beautiful trail we were on.
0: That's what I'm saying. And I'm looking at both your faces right now, and you're, like, being taken back to that moment, and it's so cool to see. The fact that nature brought you to tears, it's kind of beautiful.
2: I -hmm. look through photos, like, way too frequently, and every time I'm just like, I can't believe we did that, and I can't believe the water was that blue, and I just want to jump in it and be there again.
0: Kind of on that note, you said that one of the reasons that you enjoyed, um, what was the name of the something stick needles highway needles yeah, yeah well, I, don't, I don't know where i got that from but the reason Six. you enjoyed it so much was because you got to see that you're finally making progress you're here in the west coast um were there any points along the way where you thought you might not have finished the trip or what would you say if not like what would you say were the hardest parts of the bike ride and how are you able to overcome those difficult moments
2: that's I'd a say, great question yeah thank you i think we generally agree <laughs> That, like, the first two weeks were the toughest. Um, Just, like, the Appalachians were, like, nuts hills-wise. And, like, the fact that neither of us trained did not help. Um, And just, like, when you get out west, like, the mountains, it's, like, you go up for a while, you come down for a while. And it wasn't, you just go slowly. But then, like, when we were in the east, it was just up and down, up and down. It was so exhausting. And I lost feeling in my fingers for like the first three weeks was like questioning if I would ever be able to play basketball again. Um, and I think I was just really down in the dumps.
1: (laughs) I remember we got to Pittsburgh and we were staying at my grandmother's house. This was like day eight or nine. And when we got there, it was like all the forces were out to help us be like my parents, her parents. Like my, my family in Pittsburgh, they were getting us massages. They were offering suggestions on the bike. Like it was like red alert because we were worried we weren't going to make it. Nine days in. Uh, and I think we settled into a groove. One, one thing that I remembered like the other day was coming into the Black Hills actually in South Dakota. Maddie got a, like a bad flat tire and we could not change it because for some reason like we had screwed on the, the wheel too tight. We could not get it off. We had some random guy come in with, like, his power tools. He couldn't get it off. So for, like, an hour and a half, we're stuck. And eventually, we we get going, and the sun's setting, and we come into Wind Cave National Park, and there's buffalo, like, within 100 yards of us, right off to the side, which is beautiful. But then Maddie's tire goes flat again. And so we're walking through like and the buffalo are crossing the street now <laughs> right in front
0: of us and it's I, like kenny all over again except i for, like, was giraffes. <laughs> literally yeah
1: and no car to be in unfortunately So like we're just walking next to it. i was so scared then because maddie's flat tires like we like i was worried about that and then i was also worried about our safety and i was completely shaken up that night and i, I remembered this because that night, I was completely shaken. I just wanted to, like, go to sleep and forget it. And we had a hard time finding a spot in the campsite because it was, like, booked up. So we just asked a guy to, like, sleep behind his RV. And they said, sure, pitch your tent. And Maddie was like, hey, should we go make friends with this guy over there and, like, see if he can help us? Like, And I was like, no way. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, I just I am so shaken up right now. I just need to go to sleep. But Maddie, like, the whole trip always had – Maddie, I'll compliment you here. She always had the best energy and, like, the greatest mindset. And she was definitely the person who, like, helped us, like, keep meeting people, whereas I would usually, like, retreat into myself. Uh, And I think that night was a good example because I was completely shaken and she was, like, still ready to go.
2: He's always so complimentary of me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I actually – I find it funny that – I don't know. I feel like I got upset a lot, like, on the bike – And then off the bike, I was, like, so peppy all the time. So I think we, like, contrasted each other really well because he was always, like, very serious on the bike, but in a way that was, like, supportive and, like, we're going to make it through. And there would be days where, like, Mm -hmm. we'd have a headwind. And I was like, bro, I want to quit. Like, Olivia Rodrigo was not doing it for me today. (laughs) She's not carrying me right now. Um, But Charlie was always there. Like, I would, there would be days where I would sit right behind him so he would, like, break I would just draft off of him for miles on end because I like needed his help and he was like always one to do to do that and he never drafted off me maybe only once or twice mm-hmm.
0: and that wait quick little question did were you just what were you were you listening to music or podcasts during the whole thing or were you listening to anything
1: I listened to nothing I, I was just alone with my thoughts interesting for 90, the whole the,
0: like the whole time
1: the whole time wow yeah. wow yeah.
2: I started the trip like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try to be one with nature. And then by probably like the end of the first week, I was listening to music all the time pretty much. Like I would throw in an AirPod or like tuck in my phone to like my breast pocket and have on Olivia Rodrigo or <laughs> so Hamilton. Much. So much um, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Sometimes 2010's rap was really good sometimes, like mm-hmm. Fetty Wap and stuff.
0: Oh, well, yeah! Know. New Jersey legend, yeah. of course. Yeah, yes, of of yes, yes, course. <laughs> yeah. But that's interesting because I, the the fact that you did the no music, because I even for something as simple as going on runs, which I don't do anymore, that was like a two. Month, <laughs> that was like a two month thing for me. I tried once to do it without any sort of music and just like with my thoughts, and it was the worst. And I need to run with music. So the fact that you're biking cross country without any sort of audio. Stimulation—that's insane.
1: Yeah, it worked for me. It was kind of meditative, and then Maddie and I also were able to talk. Probably, I don't know, thirty to fifty percent of the time. Like, mm-hmm. there were a lot of times where we were able to ride side by side okay. and chat. So that—that that was like all the stimulation I needed. And then otherwise, I was good to be. Or in my I'd thoughts. sing to
2: him. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So would you say that you? were able to help each other through the hard times cuz it's out cuz you mentioned the like the 3 week period where you lost feeling in your hands where mm-hmm. you didn't think you'll be able to play basketball and you never quite said how you were able to overcome that so what would you say was being with each other you helped get yourself percent. through the hard times
2: yeah he was just like always like oh like are you feeling okay i remember very much early in the trip or throughout the whole trip like charlie was faster than i was and he would (laughs) he would get like super far in front of me and i'm just like dang (laughs) and then he'd like slow himself down and come up next to me and be like you good and i think that was just like those little things throughout the day that i was just like oh i know he's here for me even though we like weren't friends yet right Mm because it was still so early in the trip um and then we got super close, and he'd be like, yo, speed up. <laughs> 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 and I would. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then and then a couple of days, she was, like, staying with me, and then I was getting annoyed. Like, wait a second, I thought I was way faster than her. And I would try and pedal really fast, and she's like, stick with me, because we're both super competitive. So yeah. it, was, it was funny for a little games we'd play.
0: And this is something that we've also tra- just transitioned into a little bit, and you said, again, when you made that initial phone call, you guys weren't friends. Um, and now I imagine you're very close friends, but could you just talk about how the relationship was able to progress and grow over the course of the, the 60, how many days? 68. 68 days. Were there points where you guys butted heads? I, I'm just actually very curious about the relationship dynamic the whole time.
2: So I always, I'll start and then I'll let you. I always giggle like the first day we show up at the beach. (laughs) We didn't even like hug. We didn't even (laughs) say hi. Like we were just like, just like a little nod. Just like, all right, we're about to to do do this thing. We're about to do this thing. And like, (laughs) literally we didn't even hug. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, like who is this guy? (laughs) Um, And then I think like we spent 24 hours a day together. Like there was no escaping him and like, the tent was like some alone time, I guess, and then like some t- like and maybe the bike too, right? If we couldn't talk that day, but we really and I think the first few weeks we really wanted to get to know one another, so we we talked a lot about everything, and I feel like I know Charlie really, really, really well now. Um, so yeah, if you have stuff to add to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is kind of crazy you're spending 24 hours a day. I think Maddie and I, like, would be friends even if we didn't do the trip together. So that's helpful. Like, we, we are compatible in that way. Like, we get along well. We had stuff to talk about. And then we also have this crazy shared experience. I feel like... And we're both... I like to say we're both easygoing. She's made fun of me for that. I, she I'm thinks, not
2: easygoing
1: either, though. She thinks I'm way less easygoing, I guess. <laughs> but, but the only time we really, like, argued, or, like, the one, like the the one, one time point. that's memorable was, like, this guy offered to give us a ride, and it was, like, a super creepy situation where, like, he just kind of popped up out of nowhere. We're on a trail. <laughs> not only did he pop up out of nowhere, we passed him going the opposite direction, and we said hi. Like, hey, how's the day going? Good. And then, and then like... 30 minutes later, he's in his white pickup truck on the side waiting for us. And it's like, Hey guys, think you might need some help coming up? And we were like, All right, hang on a second. But uh, like, Maddie wanted to take the ride. I didn't, whatever. We, we took the ride and then we got to the <laughs> hotel room. And I was kind of like short with her. I was oh like, Oh my
2: gosh. I was like, Charlie, I, I'm going to go like shoot some baskets. Like, you want to come? He's like, No, I'm good. <laughs> but we talked it through. Yeah, we're, we were fine. That was the extent. That was it. We really got along so well throughout the rest of the trip.
0: That's actually insane. Just one little argument. That's actually pretty impressive yeah. for spending that much time together. Because yeah. we remember <laughs> something I, I wanted to talk about with, <laughs> with Brad I know on, where this is going. on Kenya. But the way that so it was like there was our there was like a group of 13 of us. And then there was the the global Sam kids. But especially within our group of 13. The way that arguments and fighting and everything will spring up out of nowhere solely because we were spending, so, or at least we thought, so much time around each other because there was no escape from each other. It was like sleeping in the same rooms, eating all our meals together, going every single place together. And so because of that, I always say if there were reality TV cameras following us around that summer, would have been the most entertaining <laughs> there show was gold. to watch. There was gold there. And so we had so much bickering, <laughs> so much fighting for no reasons. So I just assumed that you two would have had similar Experiences.
2: I yeah. think because it was just the two of us, like I couldn't talk shit about him. Like Same. to who? <laughs> to who, the basketball? Like who am I talking? And so I think we just had, like if we had anything to say, we would say it to one another and there was never a secret or maybe he was talking about me to like his, <laughs> his, his mom. I and, um,
1: Flo, I was waiting for you to get into some of those interpersonal things. That's but.
0: the thing. Like, and I said that at the end, of, we actually, we that episode was an hour, 10 minutes long. We barely scratched the surface of things to talk about. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's fine. We
1: should have we, had one of the Global Sam Sam documentarians do a yes, documentary on the, the group we there. We should
0: have. We should have. Or just get <laughs> one of them back here and just have one person from each group and just actually talk about that. That
1: would actually be insane.
0: Those dynamics were actually hilarious. We were so childish for no reason. It yeah. was like, Matt. we'll tell, like, well, we don't need to get into this <laughs> now. But it was the most drama and the big nonsense for no reason. And that's why it's so funny because, like, fear, like, Fia, shout out Fia we came back because
1: she just turned 22
0: yes happy belated Fia as Wait,
1: well as our host Flo yes my birthday last week
0: actually this time last week was my birthday yes uh, well not when this comes out because mm-hmm. this is coming out whatever but we came back and I was literally told like like what were we arguing about she was like I don't know just, just
1: too many big personalities
0: just all locked up in a room in the middle of, yeah, the middle of northeast Kenya yeah that was it but okay um, just a few concluding thoughts um Wait, actually, real quick about the blog. I didn't even know you did a blog. What Could you just speak a little bit about that? Did you do it daily? Where did you post it? What What was the idea behind that?
1: Yeah, daily on, on like a Wix site, uh, we would switch off. I would post one, she would post one. And we just wanted to like keep people updated, like basically our parents and our parents' friends. And then we ended up having like some, you know, random people following along. And it was just, it was fun for us to get our thoughts down. And then like people really liked it. So we we're like, yeah, let's keep like sharing what we're doing.
2: Yeah, they were our biggest fans. I would if I had a bad day, I was like, I know the blog's got me. And I'd get like hella comments. She'd be like, Maddie, like, you are so strong. And I'm just like, let's go.
0: So that and the Instagram were your way of documenting the whole trip. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, so I guess um just for the both of you, each of you, your biggest takeaways from, from the trip.
1: That's huge. Um, let's see. We t- Maddie mentioned good people. People are good. I think that's a huge takeaway. Um, I'll kind of go off of that and say, like, I feel like I have more sympathy for everyone's story. Um, and along that vein, really want to try and help people when I feel like I can. So, like, we had people pull over to the side of the road and, like, offer to get us lunch. We had people putting us up, all that stuff. That really had an impact on me. That's something that I want to keep doing, not just like one off occurrences, but like make it kind of a a daily thing. Like if I see someone who needs something, see if if I can do something for them.
2: Yeah, definitely. The people are good. I think that stuck with me most. But I think just like little things, like making sure your saddle doesn't hurt your butt. Like my (laughs) butt hurt the entire trip. Um, Yeah, and just like, I don't know, trusting yourself, trusting the journey. I think like, planning the trip very intensely would have led to a very different experience than what we had. I think just like having an open mind.
0: I think you mean going with the flow. Go with going the flow. with the flow. <laughs> yes. The title works Go so with the well. Flow. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. No, I should have known. I should have known. Um,
2: yeah, I think that was really it. And obviously, I'm happy to still be friends with Charlie. Oh. So
0: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, one last thing, the ice cream, What you said you don't want to talk about, but mm-hmm. speak about we can talk. how oh god—how you incorporate ice cream into this trip.
1: When you're biking 60 miles a day, you can eat whatever you want. And for us, that was ice cream every day. So, like, literally whenever we saw anywhere to get ice cream, we would stop and eat ice cream. <laughs> it was – so we ate at, like, some, like, really good places just randomly. We were passing through cities, and there were, really Jenny's Ice Cream, and uh, Columbus was awesome, and Molly Moon's in Seattle – but then also just, like, some random side-of-the-road Heyman's Dairy Bar where I got an ice cream and, like, what was considered, like, a grilled chicken sandwich, but it was basically just, like, mush on, on like, white disgusting. bread. It was the nastiest I was thing I've say, ever seen. It sounds seen. pretty nasty. But the ice cream is great. You can never go wrong with ice cream.
2: Yeah. I I don't know. The love for ice cream persists now. And we ended up, like, writing down, or I guess I, I noted every single ice cream flavor that we ate. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up rating them at the end of the trip. And the company, like who we were with while we were eating it. And yeah, I think it was a really fun time.
0: Gotcha. I love that. And again, you just got to incorporate the little things to keep yourself going. Something to look forward to. Yeah. So pretty cool. But, um, let's see, we are now at how much time to say 51. minutes. Too. Wow. See, doesn't that go by so much quicker yeah. than you expect? Yeah. I didn't even. Yeah. Cause I had to keep checking. I was like, I don't want to go too long, but, um, that's been, that was great. Thank you for sharing that. I've been wanting to hear about the story and I was, gonna save it I've been even, I think I messaged you when you were still on the trip I, I, Charlie I think mm-hmm. I messaged you saying I want to get you on the podcast mm-hmm. and we've now finally made that happen but yeah that was great thank you for sharing um, I'm glad everyone also got to hear that um, do you have anything else you want to touch on about that before we get to the target Confession section
1: I don't think so I recommend everyone sto- go on a bike trip
2: definitely
0: it's everyone so on a much bike fun trip. yep no That's the it. fun stories cool people nothing cool Cool, cool, cool. So many stories. So many stories. You'll just have
2: to have a song for a part two, I guess. That, ah, <laughs> leave, <laughs> the, the, leave the
0: people wanting more. Actually, yeah, when you bike through Europe, come back on the podcast. This Absolutely. is your this is your open invite to come back on. Go with the flow. And how was this as practice for presenting next week?
1: It was it was perfect. I think we've nailed our story. We mm-hmm. got to go talk to all of Princeton athletic staff, including the new AD John Mack. Uh, so that'll be fun. But this is good practice. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Okay, so with that, we will get to the Tiger Confession section, which for anyone list who might be a new listener, um, we have Tiger Confessions. This is Princeton Facebook page where you can post anonymously, and then people can comment, ask themselves. So I scroll through, find comments that I find to be interesting or just want people to respond to, um, read it, and then my guest gives their response. And so, the two that I have for you today are. Um, First one says, in the side of the question, it's just like a. It's like, I'll just read it. It says, "I would reach out more often, but when I reach out, I end up regretting it because the response is so half-hearted. It makes me feel like I'm a bother to respond to." Oh, oh
2: gosh.
0: What are your thoughts to that, Tiger? Why are you laughing? Yeah, Yo, why are you laughing?
2: Because <laughs> I feel okay. Sick. I feel like I'm. I go to Charlie with like all of my friend problems now. Mm. So. He's heard all of my thoughts about reaching out to people, and everything like that.
0: And now the people on go with the, the flow. They w- we want to hear it.
1: Oh wow! I'm I'm no
2: expert here. I'm just the Charlie's only one.
1: She's the has. therapist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's no, not no accidental <laughs>
1: roast. Accidental. No, no, no. Um, I don't. Yeah, reaching out can be really hard, especially when you feel like you're bothering them. Totally. Um, I think there's two options. You could either just keep reaching out and like keep hanging out with them, and maybe they're just like bad at texting, bad at organizing, bad at logistics, all that. And actually, when you're in person, like it's great. Or you need new friends, and Maddie and I have talked about like how to make friends, because that's like something that's actually kind of a skill. That
0: how f- do you make friends?
1: Well, yeah, I feel like you got to put work into it, especially as seniors now, like. It, it, it's different from freshman year when everyone just, like, is showing up and talking to each other. Like, I think making friends is, like, going to study, going to eat, all that, but then, like, also, like, reconnecting and, like, inviting them to more, like, informal hangouts, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, so I feel like it would be really useful to, like, invite someone to, a, like, a dance show on campus or, like, you're hanging out with your friends in your room, just, like, have them over, that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. I agree. Charlie's been my wisdom on making new friends, but I'm a really big fan of like going on walks with people these days. I think we get really caught up in like constantly having meals with people and stuff like that. And obviously you need to eat, but I think having like a one-on-one experience that's just like just between you two, no food in front of you or anything is like a really great way to connect. And I know texting's hard, but Calling is good too. Maybe
0: Calling, FaceTime, all <laughs> that is really good. And I really like that. And honestly, I picked this one because I feel like this is something that most people can relate to, whether or not they say that they can. Because mm-hmm. this is even something that I experience too, where it's like, I want to reach out to someone, but then I, one, don't want to feel like I'm bothering them. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't give a response, is not what I'm looking for. I'm like, okay, do they not like feel the same way about the friendship or the relationship mm-hmm. that I do? And so then I get in my head and then I keep, it, it just spirals into something else. Whereas, if I just, like, send a text, it'll probably, probably lead to a hangout and a conversation. Yeah. So, it really is that simple. Pro- people probably get it in their heads way more than they should. Um, so, I would say, if you want to reach out to someone, just do it. Mm-hmm. And then, I think the response will probably be better than you expect. And then, if it's not what you expect it to be, again, don't read into what that means. Everyone has their own stuff that they're going through. And, you know, it might be too busy. Mm-hmm. But... I, especially coming off the year and a half that we've all had of just all being separate and not being together there is no harm in trying to yep. connect with as many people as possible so just put yourself out there a little bit and i think for the most part people will reciprocate and don't get in your heads too much like i tend to do sometimes
1: yeah. everyone's realized the importance of connecting and i feel like us all saying here like we all feel this way is like i don't know Flo, you, you've got a decent amount of friends you've come off as an extrovert i would say
0: You can say that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, we play basketball. People might think that's, like, stereotypically cool, but, like, literally we're all sitting here saying, this is something we think about. Everyone's thinking it. For sure. You got to just do your thing and not worry about how it's going to be received. If you want to try and make a friend, I'd say go make the friend.
0: Yes, sir. Agreed. And then the second one, and this is another constant theme that I keep bringing up, but I need... I think it's going to drive a point home after we make it. It says, I feel so stupid in this school. This is my dream school, but I'm not happy here. Also, please be less cocky about your Orgo scores. B word. <laughs> Good for you, but learn to be humble. General thoughts.
2: Um, So, I actually feel... I, I don't relate. Like, Ooh. I have never felt imposter syndrome at this school. Wow. I'm I think I'm a really cool person. Sorry. You are. Like facts. You, no you are. This is the, these are facts. Yeah. <laughs> and that maybe like I'm not the most brilliant student here, but I think I have other things that I can contribute. And I think that everyone just has to and, and I know it's easier said than done, but like find what makes you special. And if your orgo grade isn't awesome, like I didn't I didn't do great on my neuro test last week, but it's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ball up. I'm going to do better on the next one. And I'm going to make new friends. And that's how I'm going to contribute to this school. So I think everyone just has to find what makes them feel confident.
1: Great answer. I, I, yeah, I'll second all of that oh well, well okay then. Well,
0: I, <laughs> sure. well i'm very well not very At, again this is a, something else that i've spoken about along this podcast but i for sure felt imposter syndrome especially freshman year basically all the freshman oh, so wait, wait, wait,
1: flo sorry to cut you off i don't second the not feeling imposter syndrome i feel like her advice was good if oh. you want yeah i mean i feel like i felt that when i was younger a little bit uh and honestly just something i kind of like trudged through so i, I feel like maddie's advice was awesome And I would second that.
0: Okay, exactly. And I do second her advice. But as far as the initial part of, there were times where I definitely felt stupid at the school. But again, it Mm -hmm. goes back to your advice. You find out what you're good at and you thrive in that role and everything's not for you. Orgo might not be for you, but you're going to find out what makes you you. Everybody's here for a reason. Everybody's special. But I feel like the point that I was trying to, the reason I brought this up is that you're not alone. Or There's a bunch of people who have felt yeah sorry i didn't didn't there's there's no right or wrong way to answer but i would say there's more people at this school than you realize who have felt like at times that they might not be smart enough for a certain class or just to be here at all but that's a feeling that more people go through than you would realize but in due time you realize we're all here for a reason we're all intelligent we're all talented like maddie said you find out what you're good at and then you start to thrive like i feel like we're all doing at this point in our person careers. Absolutely.
1: I mean and everyone like changes paths once, twice, many times, you know. So like if you're not good at orgo right now, you can keep working at it or maybe you realize you want to go into something else. Like Yeah, no,
0: drop premed. You don't need to do orgo. <laughs> like that, dropping that, pre-med. That, that 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 should be an Get answer. out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but we have just hit an hour. This has been another great episode. Thank you both for coming on. Do you have both of you any final words for the people?
1: Oh, such an honor to have us thanks thanks for having us Flo uh, any words for the people I'd say about, about
0: anything at all just parting words
2: Um,
1: I do go for it Maddie
2: just keep going with the flow let's you know? go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> nailed it
0: well said I got nothing else to add and although this is going to come out when we're back from spring break um, everyone good local midterms and Perhaps. I hope you all had a great spring break and again fall break Oh, I I keep saying fall break. Thank you. (laughs) Let's not not get ahead of ourselves. We're not seniors for yet. Yeah, I don't want to jump that far ahead. But this has been another episode of listening. (laughs) 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 It's late. It's late. Also, also, I just want to add, this is the first time I've ever recorded an episode at night. And I didn't know how I would do after going through a whole day of talking the whole day. But I think this went okay. But that little mistake that I just had, that is my brain saying, go do something else. I've been talking too much all day. But... This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Maddie, for being here. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
1: Thanks, everybody.